Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up Podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up Podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, and to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Okay, so today we are talking about generating a sales target list. This is not going to be conceptual. I'm going to give you the exact process that I give all of my success group members, my success group plus members, and my extreme growth mastermind members. And I get these guys to do it every single quarter without fail. And then I encourage them to look at this at least once a month and even to start drawing up weekly sales targets. Sales is what is going to create the growth that you want in your business. There's no way around it. I know we're always trying to find a cheat or some kind of way that we can navigate around the uncomfortable truth that without sales, our business is going nowhere. Now, I know sales is daunting enough of a prospect for many entrepreneurs. It's the fear of doubt, the fear of rejection, the fear of being greedy, being pushy, being an obnoxious salesperson. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. Today, however, I just want to make it easier for you to get started. And to do that, I'm going to give you the eight-point list that I give every single one of my success group members and my Extreme Growth Mastermind members to complete and do as a task every single quarter. I then encourage them to look at it and come back to it every month and actually to work from it on a week-by-week and even a day-by-day basis. This is generating a sales target list, a powerful list of potential prospects for you to sell your products, yourself, your services too. So for a moment, we're going to park the uncomfortable nature of sales. We're going to park any negativity that you may have about sales, but we're going to live in the absolute truth. You have to sell. And if you have to sell, let's give you someone to sell to. Because to some degree, you could just smash the phones. I mean, that's what we did back in the 90s. To get our sales, I used to do telesales and we used to just you know, pick up the yellow pages, the Thompson Local. The internet didn't really exist back then, not in the way it does today. And you would just smash a list of numbers, okay? What I want to help you with today is I want to help you create a list of potential prospects. I'm also going to get you an order of priority of how you need to approach them. In other words, which ones are most likely going to get you the best results, which ones are going to prove most lucrative in terms of the amount of time you spend in sales versus the returns that you get from that activity. I'm also going to share with you um, some tasks that are on this list that I think you want to be wary of so that you not necessarily don't do them. It's just you certainly wouldn't want to do them up front in place of some of this other activity. So I'm going to take you through generating a sales target list. I'm also going to make this sales target list and an accompanying video available to you so you also can come back to this task 
over and over. I'm well aware you might be listening in your car right now, you might be at the gym, you might be going for a walk with the dog, going for a run. It's possible you're sitting at your desk in front of your sales software, your sales app, whatever it is that you use for sales. It's unlikely, however, therefore, listen to this now, and then also, I want you to go and find the link. You can then print off the sheet yourself, the check sheet, and also there's a video there that takes you through the process again. So you can do this later and actually apply what I'm gonna share with you today. Also, I want you to kind of commit to yourself, and maybe to me, that you'll do this on a quarter by quarter basis, exactly as I get my members of success groups and our Extreme Growth Masterminds to do. It is invaluable. You only have a certain amount of time in your business. I know that. The amount of time that you spend on sales is precious. You want to make sure that you are doing the stuff that's going to give you and reap you the rewards and the returns. But also, here's the thing. If you follow the order I do this in, I'm telling you now, most of what I'm going to share with you is not hard. It's not a hard sell. It's not an uncomfortable sell and actually can be enjoyable. And if I can help you make enjoyable fun, maybe that's ambitious, but if I can make it fun and enjoyable for you, then of course, you'll have less barriers to doing sales. I always say this at success groups and my masterminds, you know, yes, there's an amount of what I share with people to get them to do, kind of regardless of how they feel about it. It's like, this is what you have to do to get a result. You signed up for a result. So I'll tell you what, pull up your trousers, do your belt up a bit tighter and get stuck in and just get on with it. However, the second part of everything I'm trying to do at uh, Success Groups and Masterminds is help people to find the joy and the enjoyment to change their mindset and their attitude around these activities so that they can actually start to enjoy the stuff that they need to do that gets the rewards. If you've done that, you've won. You see, if you enjoy sales, and sales, as I've already said, is the number one thing that's going to grow your business, then you'll be looking for opportunities to sell. There'll be less blocks, less barriers, less emotional restrictions on you, limitations holding you back from doing sales. So actually, when you follow the process I'm going to share with you now, when you do the first four of the eight checklists I'm going to take you through, these should be actually quite enjoyable conversations to have. And if I can help make sales fun for you, if I can help you enjoy sales, as well as inspiring you to go out and actually do it, then you will be more successful. It's as simple as that. So I'm going to take you through this list right now, but I'm also going to put in the description a link to the checklist and also the video that takes you through it so you can actually apply this yourself, not just now, but at least once a quarter moving forward. You'll find that at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash sales target checklist. All one word, sales target checklist. Biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash sales target checklist. It's sitting there. It's waiting for you to actually apply to help make you more successful. I'll drop that link in the description as well so you can find that. Please do go and print off the checklist and watch the video and actually go through the exercise as well of generating your own sales target list. Now, the order I give you these is the order that most businesses will find the most rewarding, okay? Now, I'm aware your business might not conform to the same rules as mine or as many of the businesses that I work with. So, of course, as always, this is a template to work from, not a blueprint to follow. I'm not a great believer of blueprints. 
because how do I know that my blueprint is gonna work specifically for you and your business? I can't, so what I do is I offer you a template to work from. You can adapt and adopt that template to meet the needs of you and your business specifically. But the order I've done these is the typical order that most businesses find the most reward from their sales, and therefore, you should be both generating a sales target list in this order, probably, and you should probably be approaching sales in the same order. Okay, sales prospects, sales opportunities. That being said, your business may be different. Use your smarts, use your own intellect, use your own knowledge of your business, your industry to make this work for you. Number one, current clients, and you're looking for cross-sell and upsell opportunities. This is your current client base. These are people who already use your services. So there shouldn't be any real barrier to you having sales conversations with them. You wouldn't go to a current client and go into a hard sell. Right? That's crazy. You've got a relationship with them. They obviously trust you. They obviously, they're working with you, so I'm assuming they're happy with the work you're doing for them or the products that you're selling them. Therefore, it's almost like a courtesy call. It's almost like, you know, how are you getting on? How can we best serve you? Is there anything else we can help you with rather than, you're already buying this product, let me get more money out of your pockets. That's not what the attitude is. The attitude is really simple, right? You've got a client, they're obviously happy with you, you're serving this client, and you're looking for new ways, better ways, other ways that you can also continue to serve them or even serve them better. So you wanna make sure that you have your cross-sell and your upsell opportunities in place. Someone buys one service or one product, you have another service or product that you can offer them. Or, you have someone that is engaged with you at one level of business, say your bronze package, but you have a silver package that you can offer them. That's your upsell. Your current clients will take your call. They will return your email. They will get back to you. They will speak to you. So this is not a hard sell. This shouldn't be overly threatening to you. The only mindset barrier you have is that you feel like they're already a customer and now you're asking them for more. Well, that's not what you're doing. Remember, you're, you're looking at better ways or other ways that you can serve them. So number one, your current clients, which of your current clients are suitable for either upselling or cross-selling onto other products or services that you sell? Number two, past satisfied clients. So these are people you've worked with in the past, you've sold to in the past, you've delivered services to in the past, they're satisfied with your service, maybe they've even given you a testimonial or even a referral. These people should be absolutely on your contact list. Now, you wouldn't want to go back to them every day, every week, probably. Again, I don't know your business. However, from time to time, it's a real courtesy to go back to them and see how they're getting on. And during that conversation, you want to work out if there's ways that you could potentially help them again. You are missing a massive opportunity to not go back and speak to the people that you've already worked with, that you've already convinced that you can do a good job for. They might not automatically think of calling you, chasing you up in the future. So often what you find is the entrepreneur, the business owner thinks, well, no, no, we did that work for them. They know where we are. If they want us again, they'll come and get us. Well, yes, yeah, some people will. You will get that repeat business. But I promise you this, right? If you go through your list, if you've got any kind of decent-sized past client list 
And you went back there and had conversations. And in those conversations, you were looking for opportunities to work with them again. There's money sitting there for you right now that isn't coming and knocking on your door. People just don't always work like that. Some will and many don't. So you want to make it as easy as possible for these people to repurchase from you. And that means just staying in touch with them. Once you've sold to them, once they've purchased from you, once they've done whatever they do with you, you just stay in touch with them from time to time. Remember, it's a courtesy. It's not about hard selling. Number three, your current live list. Okay, your current live list. Now, all businesses should be generating a list. These are people that might be on an email list. It could be your Rolodex in the old days of past clients, like I've said before. And these are your prospects and everything else. So your list is your list of prospects. It's your list that you've been creating. It could be from networking where you've met people and you've added them to your CRM. So this is your list. Every business needs a list. And if your list is decent, and if it's big enough, there'll be money sitting on that list right now. So the third place that you start generating these prospects from is from your live list. Now, the reason I say live list is because often in businesses, they have this list that goes back 10 years, and some of them are recent names, and some of them are names from like eight years ago, and some of them aren't even remotely relevant to what you're doing today or even relevant at all. So your live list should be your list that you clean up and it may end up being smaller, even sometimes substantially smaller than what it is right now, but it's your list of live people, live prospects, live opportunities. Does this make sense? You then want to hit these and you want to start with those people who have shown a genuine interest in doing business with you before. So if you don't use a CRM, you really should because you can start tagging these prospects in a way so that you can generate the list of prospects based on certain criteria. Now, someone who you've met networking and they've given you a business card and they've given you permission to add them to your database for whatever reason, that is not hot. It's live because it's current, but it's not a hot one. You certainly wouldn't want to prioritize that over somebody who maybe you did a proposal for three months ago, two months ago, six months ago. Or if you run events, for example, like we do, at any time, there's a certain number of people that come to my events and they're ready to purchase from us. They're ready to join us there and then. There's a whole bunch of people that love us, but they're not in the right place. And there'll be some people that we're just not right for. There's a huge, in fact, it's the biggest number, is those people who really like us, they really like what we're doing, but they're not quite ready now. Maybe they haven't quite got the money right now or the time or the space or their business isn't where it needs to be right now. There's a big chunk of people that come into that category. Now, these are both live, obviously, because they're current, but they're also hot because they've come to one of our events and they've heard us speak and they've told us they like what they've seen, right? These people are definitely people that should be on this sales target list. Again, you might not call these people weekly, you might not even call them monthly, but you definitely want to go through this process as a minimum once a quarter to make sure that these people are not slipping through the net. If you're constantly trying to find new contacts to sell to, you're making life so hard for yourself when you've already got a list of contacts that you've done a lot of the heavy lifting with that just need to be kept in touch with in order to in the future, 
convert them into potential clients. Number four, referrals. So your referrals are obviously people who have been referred to you either by current clients, past clients, or acquaintances. But when a referral comes to you, you have to understand that it's carrying with it a lot of credibility because whoever referred that person to you, the person who's coming to you obviously trusts that person because that's why they're listening to them and coming to you, which means you already have a massive head start. This person's coming to you because someone else has recommended you, which means they already have the perception that you're credible and trustworthy and also good at what you do. That's a huge part of that sales process already done for you by the time you get a referral. And whilst I've put referrals here as number four on the list, actually, when you do get an incoming referral, it should go straight to the top of the list, okay? This should be your number one priority, A lot of the heavy lifting for this sale has already happened by the person that's referred them to you. So an actual referral coming into your business should be number one priority in your sales process, okay? Probably the only thing that would take priority over that would be a client you're literally in the process of closing. The reason I put it fourth on this list is it's asking for referrals and generating referrals. So in other words, you go out to your current satisfied clients, number one. Number two, you might go out to your past satisfied clients. Number three, you might go out to your network. So again, there's these hierarchies that I want you to think about. You've only got a certain amount of time. You want to make sure that that time gets used in the best possible place. And if you're asking for referrals, the best place to get referrals is your current clients. The second place is your past satisfied clients. Third place is your community, your network. Make sure that you are constantly asking people for referrals. That doesn't mean you keep constantly asking the same people over and over again, but understand you will need to normally say to people over and over again that you would like them to refer people to you for you to be at the forefront of their mind or at least somewhere in their mind so that when they do come across someone, they will pass them on to you. Again, a common misconception is that somehow your network will always think of you when they happen to come across an opportunity for you. It doesn't work like that. So what happens is that they'll be out and about Let's say you're a decorator and they go out to someone and they were out for a drink with you last night. Someone says, oh, I'm really looking for a decorator. Then the chances are you're going to get that referral, okay? But if you're not in the forefront of their mind, maybe you haven't seen them for a couple of weeks or even a couple of months or whatever it might be, don't expect them to think of you even when an opportunity like that lays itself bare right in front of them. And more often than not, You don't get opportunities laid out like that. What you really want is your referral network to be looking for opportunities for you. Rather than just when someone says, do you know a club I could join that could help you with mindset and entrepreneurial development and business growth? Well, I would hope that most of my network would say, you need to go and talk to George. You need to go and talk to Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. I would hope that was the case. More than that, I'm looking for my referrals and my referral network to spot other opportunities. So when someone's saying, you know, I'm really struggling with sales, So it might not link directly in their head with what we're doing, but I want them to be thinking, oh, you know what? You need to come and talk to these guys at Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. You know, I'm really struggling to get my marketing right. I'm really struggling to get the business growth. I'm really struggling to stay motivated. I'm really, all these things, right? I want my referrers to think of me when they hear these complaints, these problems, these pains in in, in their clients or whether it's in their network themselves. And I want them to think of me. That isn't going to happen automatically by everybody. You have to continually remind people 
that you are open for referrals, you have to make it easy for them to refer to you, and you have to keep reminding them that you would really appreciate it if they knew anybody who was suitable for you. You can then decide yourself whether you wanna incentivize this, but you should always, always reward it. Even if you don't offer a referral scheme in terms of a financial reward or you know some sort of prize or whatever, even if you don't do anything organized like that, Every single person who refers someone to you, you should reward, whether it's as simple as a card, a box of chocolates, or whether you give them a trip to New York, depending on how much the deal is worth. You definitely want to reward people. You want them to feel good about having done it. it doesn't have to be financial, by the way. It can just be the thought that counts, the nice little card, the nice message, the just the thought that you appreciate it can be enough to reward people to want to do it again. Okay, number five, joint ventures and partners. So this is the second half of the list, and I want you to imagine there's like an invisible line here. Below the list, typically, your activity is gonna get less rewarded, okay? Above this line, you're gonna get a lot of rewards. Below the line, you might find this reward starts to diminish. Your business, however, is your business. You know it better than me. So again, categorize these based on what you know to be true for you. For me, we start now moving into the territories of things that are less rewarding. Number five, building joint venture partners. Now, joint venture partners aren't like referrers. These are people that you you, you collaborate with to help grow each other's businesses. Whilst you might have hundreds of referrers out there for you, you probably will only have a handful of joint venture partners that are working with you. In other words, where you actively promote maybe your skills and your product into their lists, and they might do the same into your lists, okay? You do not wanna go into these lightheartedly. So a joint venture partner is very powerful. The reason it's number five, it won't necessarily reward immediately and it probably shouldn't do because these are things you wanna, these are people that you really wanna build longer term relationships with and make sure that they're the right ones to get into bed with, okay, on a longer term basis. That's why it's number five. Number six, networking, okay? Now again, I know businesses that literally grow the entire businesses of networking. I'm not gonna lie to you, my own included, like we went to 150K of networking alone. So again, I may be doing an injustice to be at number six. However, the truth is, if you just go out and do some networking today as a one-off, the chances of you finding a client are really low, okay? You're gonna spend a lot of time getting out to that networking event. You'll be there maybe an hour, two hours, maybe even three hours, a half a day sometimes, sometimes a whole day. And the chances of you getting business from that are very low compared to some of the stuff high up this list. However, networking is like a longer burn. It's a project. So it's at number six. I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing it because it's number six. It's number six as in you won't find your immediate opportunities at networking probably. Networking pays off when you become part of a group, you get known to that group, you start to leverage that group, you build trust in that group, and it can take six months, 12 months, or even more before a networking group really starts to pay off for you. So I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, I'm just saying it's not gonna be the most rewarding or certainly not instantaneously rewarding activity that we're looking at today. Number seven. Cold calling, cold direct, I've called this. So this could be telesales, door knocking, it could be LinkedIn direct messaging, but this is where you go out one-to-one -one and connect with 
a potential prospect, okay? So, you know, in the old days, it could be literally picking up the phones, like I said, through the yellow pages and just, you know, just saying, hi, it's me, can I talk to you? You're gonna get a lot, a lot of no's. You're gonna get a lot of people that are gonna say no to you, potentially even hang up on you and everything else, okay? It's a numbers game, door knocking. You're gonna get a lot of doors shut on you. You get a lot of doors where people are just not gonna be buying from you, okay? Same with LinkedIn direct messaging and stuff like that. You're gonna have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your Prince Charming. However, should you do cold calling? Should you do door-to-door sales? Should you go and do LinkedIn messaging? Probably. It's just you shouldn't do it ahead of, you know, cross-selling and upselling your, your current clients or trying to resell to your past satisfied clients. It just makes sense that you're going to get better returns for that amount of energy. Once you've exhausted your current client opportunities and your past satisfied clients and your live list and your referrals, etc., then absolutely... You can then use the time remaining to go out there and do some cold connecting. In fact, it's really valuable because that cold connecting will start to bring people into that live list that we're talking about for number three. It's just not a priority compared to number three. Make sense? Should you be doing it? Yes, but you do it after maybe some of these other activities. Number eight, the last one here, I've put it down this is just a personal pet hate for me. That's why it's number eight. I know businesses that are absolutely making this work for them. If it's you, bloody awesome for you. Um, and it's advertising, social media advertising, flyering, posters, that kind of thing, okay? Putting adverts in newspapers or the parish paper or whatever it might be, okay? Um, myself included and many, many businesses, it's like a dustbin to throw your money at, right? You know, social media advertising, Facebook advertising, Google AdWords, all comes under this, right? Should you be doing some of this stuff? Quite possibly. However, is it likely to be outperforming you going out and connecting with your current client list and that? Of course, it's probably not, okay? So again, I'm not saying you should not be doing it. This is the order to do it. So every single quarter, you'd go for this checklist and what you do is you create a literal list of people, not an idea. Don't say current clients, okay, check, I'll do that. No, who are the actual current clients that you're going to contact and connect with this particular period. If it's quarterly you're doing this, you'd say, right, this quarter, who am I going to speak to this quarter? And you pull those names out and you literally have a list of names. If you're using a CRM system or you're using a, a system like uh, Salesforce or Pipedrive and these kind of like sales apps and stuff, then it does this for you. You pull this list forward. Here's your list to work through. A whole list of names, not concepts, Past satisfied clients is a concept, actual names that you're going to connect with. Does this make sense? So I want you to generate that at the beginning of every quarter and at the beginning of each month, including the month that you do this as a quarter, you then pull that month out and you say, right, here's who I'm gonna contact this month. Then you say, right, each week when you do your weekly planning, because you should be, you then say, right, these are the people that I'm connecting with this week. And then if you do sales every single day or part of every single day, you then just bring it down to the one, two or three people that you're going to connect with that day. Now, again, I've given you this as a template. It's not a blueprint. Apply this checklist that makes sense for your business, what you know to be true about your business. If it's a slightly different order, then that's fine. Just prioritize them slightly differently. If it's the same order of what I'm doing here, then you're in the same camp as many, if not most of the businesses that I work with. So make sure every single quarter you generate yourself a sales target list, bring that into the month, 
Bring that into the week, potentially even into the day. When you start to put sales at the forefront of your business, you are on the fast track to grow that business. I'm going to put a link so you can download and print off this sales target checklist that I'm taking you through right now. There's also going to be a video, which is like an abbreviated version of what we've gone through on this podcast that really takes you through each of these categories. It's about 15 minutes long, I think. So you can literally do this every quarter, maybe even every month. You can go to that, download the checklist, go and watch the video, generate yourself a sales target list. You will thank me for it once you start getting your sales game on. Once again, thank you for spending this time with me. I am very aware that there are many people vying for your attention and time right now. So as always, I do not take it lightly that you have chosen to spend this half hour with me. To reward you, there is a webinar waiting for you right now. It's completely free of charge. It's the six-figure fast track. It's how to take your five-figure business, that's maybe 20, 30, 40, 50,000 pound revenue to 100K or more in the next 12 months or less. I've been helping business owners just like you take their businesses from five figures to six figures, 100K or more, and you can do it in a lot less time than you think when you're doing the right things in the right way and you're focused and prioritizing the way you need to be as a small five-figure business, then you can start fast-tracking yourself to six figures and beyond. To get you and your business onto the six-figure fast-track, it's completely free of charge. You'll find it at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast-track. Again, I'll put that link in the descriptions as well. Go and get yourself onto the fast-track. Take yourself and your business to six figures or beyond. I'll see you next time. Thanks for being here. And until next time, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 